Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. When we find ourselves in the midst of the storms, what do we need to do? You go back to the word. Go back into the word. What has he already said? What has he already said? And you go back to that. You got to move past your feelings. I know, I know what the feeling is. The, wind, the water is breaking in. I'm going to die. That's the feeling. But what is reality? Reality is, what has he said? Let's go across to the other side. Let's go across to the other side. Are you the type of person that likes to read the end of the book first, just to see how it ends? Well, Pastor James shares today that when you read the end of God's book, the Bible, you'll see that God wins in the end. So no matter what storms you're going through, you can trust God's word. He'll do what he says he'll do. You might ask, God, why haven't you gotten me through this storm yet? But know this, he promised to get you through it. His word says so. In the end, he wins and you win. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark chapter four with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. took some kids to California once, youth group, right? My wife's laughing already. Um, it's a great idea, brilliant idea. Take Amarillo kids to the Pacific Ocean. Of course, it's a great idea. I love California. They love California as well. Had another idea once we got there. Let's go on a whale watching thing. Sweet, right? Go out to the Pacific Ocean, go see some whales. These are Amarillo kids. They don't even know what water is. They have no clue. They're like, what's all this blue, wet stuff? Um, it's a big body of water, and there's big animals that live in this. Let's go find some and admire them. So got it all set up. It was perfect. We got out on a well-watching boat. Um, I noticed when we were pulling up, it was in, out of San Diego Harbor, the seas looked a little rough, right? I'm not a captain. I don't know anything about that stuff, but I could see the water moving, and I'm like, hmm, this might be a bumpy ride. Sure enough, it was the bumpiest ride ever. So there was a captain, praise God for that, somebody who knew what he was doing, and he gets us all loaded up, takes us out about as far as he can. You ever seen Deadliest Catch? We were living that in San Diego. Um, me and a bunch of kids from Amarillo, Texas, they're like, whoa, up and down. And there were other people on the boat, lots of people rushing to the restroom. You know why? This guy's got this idea. He's a captain. He knows what he's doing. I trust you, captain. I trust you until you did this one thing. He's like, let's just turn right around and go back. I'm like, you don't want to take a long turn around? No, let's just cut it. And we're going to turn. And you're holding on to glass as you're looking down into the ocean where you're thinking like, is this going to roll over? Like, what is happening? Dishes are breaking all behind you in the kitchen and all this good stuff. He just cuts it like a pro, gets back to the harbor. He's like, well, sorry we weren't able to make it out. Um, no refunds on your money there or anything, but hope you had a great time. Kids were sick. Uh, yeah, had an amazing, amazing memory. That's what it's like on the water sometimes. And that's when you're like, I just wanted the smooth sailing so I could see some big whales. That's all I wanted. But what I got was a very practical lesson on what these disciples felt like across the Sea of Galilee, where it's like, Lord, I'm not feeling so good about this. I, 
Well, I trust you, I think, I think, but I think you just led us. Did you just lead us into the storm? Did you allow this storm to happen? Because we know at the end of it, he has full control over the wind and the waves, even before they show up, even before they show up, which means, well, sometimes the storms happen because he wants them to happen. He allows them to happen. You think, well, that's not fair, but it might be just, it just might be the best thing for you. So here's the disciples, great windstorm, waves are coming into the boat. I have no idea how Jesus is sleeping through this. I have no idea how he's sleeping through this because it wasn't like he had a captain's quarters, right? He didn't have his own room. He's sleeping on the stern with the little leathery pillow that they would use to sit on sometimes to, in steering the vessel. He's making that his pillow. He's at the stern. And I'm like, how was he sleeping? Because he's exhausted. Number one, he's exhausted. Second part of that is he ain't worried. He's not worried about it. Why is he not worried about it? Because he fully trusts in God the Father. Because as Jesus is being led and directed by God the Father, he already knows because he has instructions from the Father, like, oh, you're not just going to go across to the other side of the sea. No, no, no. That'll be a part of your journey, but you are making it all the way to the cross. So Jesus knew it doesn't matter. The storm doesn't matter because the storm will not be the end of us. The storm is just another chapter in the story because I know what's at the end. Jesus could sleep very well at night because he knew, I'm headed to the cross, and I'm not going to die at sea. I'm going to die on a cross. So I'm going to sleep well right now. I'm going to sleep well in the midst of the storm because I know God's not done with me. And here's the problem with that. You and I have no idea when he's done with us. So we freak out. Is it today? Is it today? Don't know. I do know this. When your job's done, you're done. When your calling's completed, you're ushered into his presence. Not a moment sooner, not a moment later. Jesus being in full control of the wind and the wind and the waves and all that good stuff is in absolute, complete control of the breath within your lungs. So when your time is done, you walk into his presence. We don't know when that is. That's the maddening thing about it. Now, although if we're honest, if we knew when that was, we would be worse, right? We would be a wreck. We'd be a wreck if we knew, like, this is the, go to, like, deskclock.com or something, and it's supposed to tell you when you're going to die. Don't go there. Don't look at that. Don't worry about that. It's wasting your time. It's not even true. It's not even true. What do you want us to do? Live today. Because you don't know about tomorrow. You don't know about tomorrow. I had two friends from high school die this past week. 41 years old, both of them. One a heart attack, other one melanoma. You don't know. We don't know. So what do we do? We cower in fear. No, you live today knowing this. He has my, my life in his hands. When my job is done, when my calling is complete, he calls me home. So I don't have to worry. I could be more like Jesus and just 
The storms are going to come. I know myself. I know when the storms show up, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to panic. I'm, I know this. I know this story. I, man, trust me, I know this story. But knowing the story and applying the story are two different things. But here's the waves are breaking into it, and Jesus is asleep at the stern on a cushion. They woke him rudely. This is kind of the, the, the notion here. It wasn't like a gentle, like, hey, um, Jesus, hey, uh, Jesus, um, I'm sorry. I don't mean to wake you. That's what, that was not what it was at all. This is like a rude awakening from 12 guys who are losing their minds. It's almost as if they're like, well, it's like if you had kids and you got to get them up for school, yeah, it's kind of like that, right? How many of you are like, oh, hey, sweetie, I just wanted you to wake up. I'm going to sing you a little soft song so that you wake up peacefully and all this stuff. No, no, no. Because if you're anything like a normal person, you're already behind, right? And it's already stressful enough. You're like, turn on the lights. Get up. Get up. What are you doing? And you're just throwing stuff at them sometimes. Stuffed animals. That's what I do sometimes um, just for the fun of it. This is these guys. The disciples are like, get up. Very, the, the, the emotion behind the text is that of kind of being rude and maybe being somewhat respectful. I mean, it is Jesus, but they're like, they're losing it. As far as they know, they're about to die. And this guy doesn't care. They're dying and he doesn't care. Get up, get up. What are you doing? This brings, you know, kind of maybe can cause biblical flashbacks to um, the story of Jonah, where he was like running away from God as Jesus is in, in perfect harmony with the will of God. Jonah was like trying to run away from God, and he's sleeping at the bottom of the boat, and the sailors come and find him. They're like, get up. How can you sleep at this time? We're going to die. Similar stories. Jonah, the reluctant prophet. Jesus, the redeeming prophet, Jonah's like, look, just toss me over. Storm will be fine. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, seriously, just throw me over. I'll be better. You'll be better. It'll be great. Um, they approach Jesus like, why don't you care about us? Why don't you care about us? They woke him and they said to him, teacher, rabbi, do you not care that we're dying? We're perishing. Why don't you care about us? Why don't you care? Some of us have asked that question on multiple occasions to the same sleeping prophet. Why don't you care? Jesus, where are you at? Why aren't you active within my life? Why don't you wake up? Why don't you do something? It's, I, I, don't, want you to, I don't want you to feel bad for those moments. So long as that you're learning from those moments, and those moments become less and less throughout your relationship with Jesus. Because if this is you all the time with Jesus, we have to grow up. We have to grow up. Because the end of the story is not like, you know, Jesus is like, hey, guys, I just want you to know, it's all good. And at the end of the story, Jesus is like, Whoa, why are you guys cowards? Why are you so afraid? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Why is your faith so small? Did, have you not been with me? Have you not seen the miracles? Did you, do you not remember when they dropped that dude in from the ceiling who was, who was paralyzed? And I, he walked out of that story. Do you not remember the leper? 
that I touched and was completely healed. Do you not remember the stories? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? And I'm all for asking Jesus, because I've had many moments in my life where I'm like, Jesus, where are you at? But I can't stay there. And that can't always be what I go to. Because in this walk and relationship with Jesus, we have to be progressing. We have to be growing. You have to be growing. To where one day you're just, you get there and then the storm comes, shows up and you're like, all right, here we go again. Here we go again. Do I like it? I don't like it. Will I make it through? I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through. Why? How do you know that? Because he's with me. Because he's with me. The master of the storms is with me. And that, man, you talk about a, a testimony to those who are around you. That's a tremendous testimony. As your friends and family are losing their minds, how can you be so calm? How can you be so calm? I, man, Jesus is with me. I'm not worried. I don't have to be worried. They wake him, teacher, why don't you care? Don't you care that we're perishing? We're dying. And just one last little note on that. If you find yourself in those moments, in the moment, in the middle of the storm, crying out, Jesus, why don't you care about me? Can I just, can I just give you the best advice ever? Simply go back to what he has already said. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Because all we have to do is go back a few verses. In verse 35, where he says, let us go across to the other side. Let all of us go across to the other side. They weren't going to die. They weren't going down. His word is good. His word is sure. When he says, we're going to go from here to over here, I can promise you, you will make it. Because his word is good. Because his word is good. When we find ourselves in the midst of the storms, what do we need to do? You go back to the word. Go back into the word. What has he already said? What has he already said? And you go back to that. You got to move past your feelings. I know, I know what the feeling is. The, wind, the water is breaking in. I'm going to die. That's the feeling. But what is reality? Reality is, what has he said? Let's go across to the other side. Let's go across to the other side. Just to encourage you, because again, the disciples aren't in the midst of the storm unless they got into the boat with Jesus to go across to the other side. I think there's a lot of Christians who are still just hanging out on the shore, honestly. And the moment their toes touch the water, they freak out. Like, ugh. It's like getting a shot, you know, and they clean it with alcohol, and you're like, ugh. And like, we haven't even started yet. We haven't even started yet. It's not, yeah, you're, it hasn't happened yet. And that's sometimes how we are with, like, Jesus, like, let's get in the boat. And you're like, ugh. I'm scared. He's like, we're not even in the boat. We're not, we haven't even pushed off yet. Like, get in the boat, go across. But the storms, yes, there's going to be storms. But if he says, get into the boat so we can go to the other side, then get in the boat and trust him at his word that you're going to make it to the other side no matter what comes. No matter what comes. What has he told you? What has Jesus told you about your life and his mission for your life? Some of us are sitting here thinking like, I don't think he's told me anything. There's your homework. Sit at his feet all week. Lord, what do you want me to do? What other side of this sea have you called me to? 
What other side, what other area are you calling me to go with you to on this journey? What are you calling me to do, Lord? And I believe he will answer you. And he says, listen, here's what we're going to do. And you can hold on to that. So when the storm arises, you can know like, no, no, he told me we're going here. He told me we're going to do this. So I'm going to make it through the storm. I'm going to come out of this thing stronger, stronger, and ready for the other side. Too many of us are just kind of floating around in this thing of Christianity like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Figure it out. What has he called you to do? Because you have to hold on to that. That could be your saving grace through the midst of the darkest and the crazy, the gnarliest of all storms. It seems frightening. It is terrifying, but he does care about us. He gets up. He doesn't tell them he cares about them. He shows them that he cares about them. Wakes up. He rebukes the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. That's a polite way of saying it. Technically, in, in the Greek, it's shut up. You're like, well, we don't say that word. Jesus did. Um, I don't know. Uh, you're like, that's rude. Okay. Um, well, that's literally, I, I'm not making, that's literally what it says. Be muzzled. It's the same thing he says to demons. It's the exact same thing he says to demons. Shut up. Be muzzled. Zip it. That's why there's this notion of like, was this storm like caused by demons? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, nature, you're like, well, nature caused the storm. Can demons do that stuff? I don't know, but I know that Jesus can stop them. That's all I know. That's all I care to know. I don't know how they start. I don't care about how they start. All I care about is who has power over them. And his name is Jesus. It's good enough for me. Good enough for me, man. That's all I need to know. He calms the sea. The winds stop. Wind cease. There was a great calm. It was as smooth as can be. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? And and the, the word behind that is, why are you cowards? And that you're like, well, that's kind of harsh, man. Then he's telling the wind to shut up, and now he's calling them cowards. And he's like, guys, what are we doing? We're going to the other side. You woke me up. We're going to the other side. Why are you so afraid? What, why are you so afraid? Not, he's not bashing them because they're afraid, because they have this natural instinct called fear, which is a really good thing. If a bear walks up on your, your mountain hike, you want fear to kick in. You really do. Absolutely. Right? We appreciate that. However, we don't need it to take over in all scenarios of our lives, especially when we're walking with Jesus. And that's usually what happens. Fear becomes the the thing that steers that vessel. He's like, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Don't you trust me? Don't you trust me? He is trustworthy. We don't have to be afraid. More specifically, when the storms arise within your life, within my life, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. We can choose to be afraid, and we can allow fear to come in and to dictate everything. Or we can just turn our eyes to Jesus, remind ourselves of what he has said, and then let's weather this storm and let's get through the other side.
their response, their reaction, because in, in this Jewish uh, culture back then, the only one who had power over the wind and the waves was God. So that's why their response is like this, because in their Jewish upbringing, the only one who can control the natural elements is, is God Almighty. It says they were filled with great fear. And this is kind of more of like an appropriate fear of, uh, you know, reverence of what just happened. Because remember, back in a couple, a chapter ago, he, he healed that paralytic man, and the, the religious leaders had an issue with that, because they're like, because Jesus first said to him, your sins are forgiven. They're like, whoa, 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 only God can forgive sins. Oh, okay, yeah, let me prove to you that I'm God. Um, get up and walk. Get up and walk. So the disciples saw that story, and now they get to see this take place on the Sea of Galilee, where only God can calm wind and waves. And Jesus is like, hey, be quiet. Stop, 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 stop. Stillness. Immediate stillness. And the disciples are looking at each other like, uh, <laughs> who is this guy? Oh, you know who he is. Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They would answer that question not too many chapters from now where they say, you're the Messiah. You're the Messiah. Why? Because we've seen you do only what only God can do. You have power over the sick. You have power over all these things. You have power over demons. You have power over the wind and the waves. You have power over the storms. They would fully realize this once they saw the resurrected Jesus. They would fully realize and comprehend that. So what I want to end with is this. In the midst of the storms, are you looking to the one who conquered sin and death? He conquered the greatest evil and thing in this world that was plaguing us from birth. That sin, that separation, that's death. He won that. He conquered that. So are we turning our eyes to him? Because in the midst of whatever storm it is that you may find yourself going through, maybe you just came out from the other side of one, I, I hope and I pray that our eyes are fixed on him and knowing, okay, you're going to get me through this storm. And he will. He'll get you through the storm. He will. That's good. However, it's not so good if I don't learn from the storm and if I don't grow from the storm. The other side of that is, we don't just go through storms just for the fun of it. There usually is a reason on the other side of that. Jesus is like, no, we gotta, we're going to go across, and there'll be a storm. I'll get you through the storm. Hopefully you learn something through the storm, but we got to get to the other side. And I'm going to tell you right now, dear brothers and sisters, if you go through storms, it's probably necessary for you but I would keep your eyes on him and be anticipating who it is who's waiting for you on the other side of that storm. Who it is. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Go through the storms. And then I'm telling you, man, there is somebody on the other side of that shore that might just be waiting for you.
Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken. You've been listening to Pastor James Grizzle as he teaches through the book of Mark, one of the accounts of Jesus' time here on earth. Though it's short, this book is powerful as it's filled with encounters that Jesus had with people, everyday people just like you and me. And the book of Mark reminds us that Jesus came to serve. He humbly did what needed to be done, even if it wasn't glamorous. Jesus healed the people who were sick. He spent time with the lonely and the rejected. He loved the unloved unconditionally. And then he proved his love by the ultimate act of service. He gave up his life for all of us. He took the place of every person on the earth, and then those to come, because we all deserve death. Our sins make us unacceptable to God, and we're unable to do anything to fix it. That's why we need Jesus. Today, if you haven't allowed Jesus to be your Savior, please consider it again. If you have questions or would you like to talk more with someone, then please take a moment and go to breadforthebroken.com and click on Contact. Just fill out the form and we'll be in touch with you. You can also come visit us if you're in the Galveston area. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston, and we meet every Sunday and Thursday. So find out more at breadforthebroken.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Next time, Pastor James will pick up where he left off in the book of Mark. So make a note of where we are and make plans to join us next time, here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, babe.